Good morning. It's Friday. We made it. Shockingly. More importantly, I made it. Which is even bigger. The lead live is on the air or over the internet. Brought to you by Pint and Plow Brewing Company. Texas Hill Country Advisors. Our good friends at K-Pub. Peterson Health. And the Kerr County Title and Abstract Company. Also thanks to Arcadia Live. Greg A. Richards Law. Eurotech. Eurotex. Shriner University. Coming in as sponsors of the lead. It's a great day to have a cup of coffee here at Pine Plow. Brooke is serving coffee this morning. Got a great show with you tonight. This morning. Linda Fields here. Natasha Sanders is here. Trey Collis will join us here momentarily. We're going to talk all things events, local stuff. We're going to talk stuff. All day long. It's going to be awesome. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. It's Friday morning. Uh, yesterday was the uh, State of the City address, and the State of the City is strong. Uh, if you ever remember, uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a movie that's frequently banned, or a book that's frequently banned called Harry Potter. And in one of the last movies that they made, there was uh, Bill Nye plays uh, the, the Minister of Magic. He's also supposedly a vampire in the... Uh, He's played a vampire a couple times, actually. But he gets up and he says, the Ministry of Magic is strong. That's all I need to say for the city of Kerrville. The city of Kerrville is strong. Could be done with it. Um, there was nothing really new out of that that event yesterday. What was new out of that event yesterday uh, was that Mayor Bill Blackburn, that was his final one. Uh, he's piecing out. He's like, I'm out. I'm done with this city council stuff, uh, and I'm done with this. And I don't blame him. Because there was some little inside jokes that I picked up on. I don't know about you guys. Well, if you were there, you might have picked up on it too. But like, um, they were talking about the sports park, and someone made it clear. I think it was Kim Kim Clarkson's piece of it. She made it clear. I she goes, we did not build this sports park. It was by a previous council. Because remember, one of the one of the storylines out of the whole thing was that Mayor Bill Blackburn. He was the one. He was the reason why. Um, we don't have a public safety building because because they, they built the sports park instead. Uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of nonsense we got to deal with here, folks. We get to deal with fake news, uh, even in our own communities. So, so the narrative was that you know that the mayor, Mayor Bill Blackburn, built the River Trail. You know, he diverted funds to the police department for that, and he he did that. What they did do, folks, is they did uh, they did pass a certificate of obligation to fix the roads and they've been doing that you might have noticed that all around town and the roads some of the roads that they have haven't fixed don't belong to the city they belong to TxDOT. so there you go so that was yesterday uh yesterday afternoon um and i also went to i caught it i i, I d- couldn't get the photos up yesterday but it was really awesome they had this uh uh, chocolate truffle thing over at the uh, Butt Holtzworth Memorial Library, 
and there was a g- little girl there, uh, six years old. I I think she must have been drilling. She must have been hammering nails since she was about three or four years old. Because they had an exercise where he had to smash up these cookies, right? And she took a rolling pin, and she started beating this bag of. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. I said to her mom, I said, you know, she might might be able to hang drywall. You know, she might be useful at, at six. It was pretty impressive. Uh, if you're going to Arcadia Live uh, this weekend, they had the Hot Attacks we're supposed to play. Uh, that show has been canceled. I'm not sure the reason why. Uh, we'll have an update on that uh, next week, uh, what's going on there. They have a show coming um, with uh, another big-name act coming up uh, later in March. Uh, Jeremy Walter uh, is also sending me notes about uh, things going on at Trailhead and some of the music stuff they're going to have there. I mean, basically right now in Kerr County, you, there's pretty hard to not find uh, something to do yourself on a, on a weekend. And with that, speaking of that, uh, we've got uh, Linda uh, is here with us today. And uh, we've got, uh, uh, well, I was the editor over the Daily Times. We had John Moore's um, column in the paper. Uh, and he's written book. He, he writes sort of a, a memoir column, you know, things that kind of, you know, kind of come up to him and remind him of something. And he'll kind of put a contemporary uh, twist on it, and but ties back to something that he's remembered. And so it's a good column. Uh, it's in the Daily Times, and uh, uh, apparently he's going to fill the void left by Joe Herring, who's no longer uh, writing for the Daily Times, thanks to his uh, decide decision to run for city council. But uh, there's an event where John Moore's coming, and Linda feels very excited about it, and so she stormed onto the show this morning. And uh, how are you? How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? What's, what's new? Well, we wanted to share with the community that on March the 5th, John Moore will be with us at the United Methodist Church, which is located on Thompson Drive. That is March the 5th at 2 p.m. John Moore has been writing for many years, but he does more than just uh, an author. Right. He does podcasts like uh, Lewis does. He has his own radio station. Um, He's written three books. His newest one is, um, I have to stop and think, Puns for Grown, G-R-O-A-N, mm. oh, People. Nice. Oh. <laughs> so that's his newest that's one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, 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 that's like my dad. My dad is like a pun master. I think there's a point in your life when you, puns, like when you're a little kid, and when you're like a like you're, 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 you're a senior citizen, the puns become like a thing again. So, uh, but John Moore, though, I mean, you've been reading his column for quite a while. What, what made you guys want to bring him to town and, and, and talk to him? Well, I am a member of a international organization called PEO. Okay. Which is, our chapter is GA. Mm-hmm. We happen to have eight chapters in the Hill Country area. Four are in Fredericksburg and four are in Kerrville. And we always do something to raise additional funds for scholarships for women, but not only scholarships, grants, and loans for those women who want to further their education. Right, right. So that's the focus of our fundraiser this time. And after reading John, I looked forward to it each week in the newspaper. It kind of brightened my day made me think about it all day 
Of course, he writes from events that have been occurring in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. So those are things that we can all reflect back on. And then he often ties it in, of course, to what's going on in the current world. Right. I love the idea that, you know, he sees extraordinary in the ordinary. And I think that's an interesting thing to live by because, you know, as, as a photographer, you know, I, I, that's what I aim for is to find something extraordinary in something that we don't ordinarily look at or look at. We take for granted. Uh, and that's what John does. He sort of paints a picture with words um, of, of sort of an ordinary type of thing. Like he'll, he'll find something and say, like, well, this is what this is used, to, used to do and look like. And, and it's just kind of a fun, easy read for, for a lot of folks and a very, very popular column. Right. And um, the best thing is our tickets are only $10. What a deal. There is a um, internet or website that you can connect with. It's an email. Yeah. And it's looking back. Got it. JM22 at gmail.com. And again, this is March the 5th at 2 p.m. United Methodist Church. And tickets can be reserved and then picked up at the door. Or you can come if there's still seating available, right. and buy a ticket at the door. Um, uh, this, we, we, we would be failing to mention all of this. The PEO organization, though, is really important, uh, and this is the funds for this. This is goes to their work they do in the community. And I want to read this real quick. Proceeds from Looking Back with John Moore benefit PEO Project, which provides grants, loans, and scholarships to further educational goals of women at the national, state, and local levels. Um, that's what you will be if your money will go toward so how much how much money have you guys given out through the years do you think well i wish i had numbers on that right. that would have to be a, an international state right. and local uh, calculation yeah but uh several years ago we had a star scholar mm -hmm. who was right here from tyvee and of course she's gone on to college right. and uh, those scholarships are loans and grants, of course, can be determined by need. So let's say that you are trying to finish a two-year program. Right. Uh, they can adjust the amount on our um, grants. Those can be up to 3000 <coughs> So that would be even a Shriner student or in their nursing program. They might be interested in that. And... Um, also from Alamo College. Right. So they there's can be adjusted upon need. It is a, it, it is such a, there, there's a lot of sort of um, vibrant gift, you know, get, you know, fundraisers and giving, um, and then encouraging women to obviously, you know, uh, explore their academic side of, of, of the world and find their way in college. Um, it, it's, it's always amazing to me that we live in the 21st century, but there's still sometimes those stories of, uh, I'm the first woman in my family to go to college, you know, um, like my own daughter was the first one in our family to go directly to college out of, you know, she didn't go to community college, went directly to a four year university, um, had the college experience. Like my, no one in my family had that experience. Uh, even, even on them, even, even my, my, my dad and my uncles, you know, never had that experience. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mighty accomplishment to, for those um, and every little, every, what we found, you know, going back, every penny helps. That's for sure. That's the best part about that. So, um, all right. So here's the deal. 
March 5th, 2 p.m., for Kerrville First United Methodist Church, uh, 321 Thompson Drive, a look back with, uh, looking back, an afternoon with country writer John Moore. Uh, if, are you are you going to ask him some questions, uh, Linda? Are you going to have some, some, some Q&A with him maybe, or what do you think? I'm not sure. You, what would you ask him, though? Oh, what would I ask yeah, John? What would you ask John? Well, one of the questions that, that I would ask him is how this became his career. Yeah. Um, and it, as I said, he lives in Tyler, Texas right. now, even though he was raised in uh, Arkansas. His uh, experiences, of course, are relayed in his articles, but the many newspapers that he writes for, by the way, are in three different states. Mm. So it's not right, just Texas. Right, not just Texas, right. And uh, yeah, that he, would be my question. You know, how do you do it? How do you make it work? How do you, how do you get, it, get it done? Uh, are you a writer? Do you write yourself? No, I no, was a right. teacher and school counselor uh, doing a lot of grading of papers. A lot of grading of papers, right, <laughs> yes. Well, writing reports, of Writi course, that you reports. have to do for counseling. Yes, that, that's, a, that's probably a big part of the, the deal. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I'm always amazed, um, um, you know, with writing that I, I'm a one-man band, you know, so I'm a writer and an editor. And I'm always horrified when I run my run my 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 copy through it, uh, the grammar the grammar the grammar um, you know programs they have now. I have two of them that work on stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, gosh! It's just like it's it's like a it's like a classic old red pen. You know, you look at these things. This doesn't make sense, and it's the computer telling you that. It's always good. So if a, the computer can't figure out what I'm saying, although once in a while though they have words there that you use all the time. You're like, I don't under, like agenda. A knowledgeable user may not know what agenda means. You know, they give you those kind of suggestions as well. So, um, if it, what other events are you working on with PEO? What other things do you guys do? Well, right now, this is our main event. Okay. Um, we're not a large group. Right. Our membership is um, about 25 active members. Yeah. And many of our members, of course, are what we might call more mature citizens. All right. So we have to design some of our activities to uh, fit the age group. Okay. But this has been our main event this year. Of course, we have coffees, right. we have luncheons, and of course we have meetings every month. But again, our main focus is the scholarships and the grants and the loans for women. You know, we're at a point in our lives now where we're talking about mature, a mature uh, membership. Uh, so you're talking about people who they're, they're, they were like living large in the 70s, right? In the 80s. That, was, say, it, that was their big time. I would say so. Right. All right. Uh, as I always find it fascinating. I was at an event the other day, and I don't know, Natasha, if you can if you can weigh on this too. Pull that microphone a little bit closer to you. Hey, Trey, we'll get you in a minute here. And Natasha Sanders is here, and, and I have her poorly on camera as well. But, uh, you know, as we age, uh, I went to this thing, the Buddy Holly, new Buddy Holly band. And I realized Buddy Holly died, you know, in 1958, I think. Uh, that's now a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so what nostalgia bands would we go see at, 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 at a later age? Uh, what would you go see? Well, if there was a nostalgia band, cover band, what would be the one you would go see? For me? Yeah, for you. Um, I would have to say either New Edition. Okay. Or... Um, boys to men. Boys yeah. to men. 
Now, new edition, right? Get this. Okay, here's the thing, right? The new edition was really hot in the 80s. Those guys now are like in their mid to late 50s now. Yeah. Right. See? Yeah. So there needs to be like a new, new edition, right? Yes. The new, new edition of their uh, Boys to Men. Uh, what was the one? Was, uh, why, am I, why am I blanking this? Was New Edition, did that have uh, Bobby Brown in it too? Yeah. Okay, so it was Bobby Brown, Johnny Gill, all those yep. guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ralph right. Trasvan, yeah, yeah. Michael Bivens. Bell Bib DeVoe? Be- yep. Bell Bib DeVoe, okay. yep. All right. Uh, do, you, do you like music? Oh, yes. What's your, what's, your, <laughs> what's your nostalgia go-to? This is really going to tell my age. Uh, yeah. Uh, like the Kingston Tree. Oh, yeah. And so the you Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that my my we listened to a lot of Kingston Trio when I was when I was when I was younger. So I I, I get it. I understand that as well. Um, the Beach Boys though, they're sort of timeless. Yeah, you know, right. they're very timeless as well. Uh, all right, Linda, I'm going to write this up and get this onto the into the uh, into the website. And uh, thank you for coming. Oh, well, I certainly appreciate it, and our PEO chapter GA appreciates it also. We will get it. We will get it done. We will get it done as well. Thank you. Thank so you much very much. Here. We appreciate it. All right, Linda Field joining us. Uh, thank you so much, Linda, for being here. Um, she stormed on the show, not like Ashley Phillips angrily. She was pleasant. Um, she got stuff done. She's putting things up. Come by and see their poster, and uh, we'll talk to her more about that. We'll have her on one more time before. Maybe we'll get John Moore to call in, and we'll have Linda join us. Um, a couple of things uh, before we talk to Natasha. I'm gonna have to fix her camera because I screwed it up. Uh, it is um, this weekend. By the way, is gonna be really nice uh, tonight. Today's gonna be like 75 degrees, something like that. I, I keep seeing different temperatures. Uh, one of the things I want you guys to watch on Monday will be the Texas Hill Country Advisors webcast podcast because um, they've been talking about interest rates, and I saw a thing today that interest rates might go up a full point. Um, that's what the St. Louis uh, Federal Reserve was saying, that that might go up a full, full point to, to – uh, and that's going to change things. That's a really big deal for a lot of people uh, and how that's going to work. So um, we're going to want to talk to those guys on Monday. And then on Monday also, Robert O'Keefe will be here uh, to talk about what he's, what he's doing. He's apparently retiring from, from programming or from, from traveling. So it is, uh, is going to be an interesting, um, interesting time for, for him, and uh, we'll talk to him on Monday. Also, uh, Natalie Pepe will be here on Monday as well. All right, let me see. Trey's over there. He's going to talk Super Bowl with us. I tried to get a guy in from Louisiana to talk to us. He had a meeting he couldn't do. It, so hold on a second. Let me fix this. Much better. Now you're actually in focus and ready to talk. Natasha is one of my favorite people to talk to for many reasons. Um, first off, she's got an amazing um, head head thing on here. What would we call that? What is that a wrap? <laughs> is that what is, what is going on there with that that thing on your head? It's awesome though. It's beautiful. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> Lewis. It, it is a head wrap. <laughs> just a wrap, you just know. A wrap. Just, just a wrap. Just a head wrap. Just beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, Natasha Thank is working you. on an amazing project. Um, through Big C, and it's a storytelling project, right? What are you? What are you? What are you up to? What are you? What have you been up to? You're always busy. I am. I am. Um, it's funny how that works out, right? You, we, we've talked about this before. Like you go one way, you think you're gonna go down that path, and then suddenly something happens. You like go this path, make a choice, you make a choice, and that choice actually makes you more busy, but maybe more fulfilling in some ways too. Yes, I would say. Um, 
I always go back to the the two roads diverged in a wood, right? right? right and I right. took the one uh, less traveled. I think um, making choices is very important. And yes, there. I think in everyone's life, there comes a time where you do have to make a choice. Yeah. And the choice that you make determines your trajectory. Um, and so whether it is what I expected or not, mm -hmm. The choice um, presented itself, and I and I had a decision to make. Um, so I think I am much more no. I know I am much more fulfilled um, now, um, even though things didn't work out as I had planned right. or expected. Right. Um, but this big seed and centering the sacred project is a gift. Um, so one of the things that I know for sure is that. Um, living through and in um, COVID-19 has changed us um, as human beings. And it has changed the way that we go to school mm -hmm. and it has changed the way we live our lives. I want to give young people, teens and young adults, the opportunity to tell their story, to right. share their story. Right. And, and they're all going to have interesting stories to tell because... You know, and this is one thing that I feel strongly about is that whether you believe in COVID-19 or not, um, there's that group out there <laughs> that don't, they're like, oh, it's not real. You know, uh, for some people, it's very real. Uh, yeah. you've, you've dealt with it. Um, and it has been a, a lethal, it has killed people, you know, like I've said this before. If you go back and you actually look at the data, from 1968 through 2018, less than 25 people died from the flu in that period. That many people were being taken a month here, uh, you know, in, in, well, 20 people a month were being taken in August and September here yeah. when you don't see respiratory deaths. Um, I noted in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the newsletter this morning that there was an insurance guy who said we're seeing an extraordinary level of, 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 of deaths in the 18 to 54 demographic. And this is the same CEO who said that in October of last year that we were seeing a significant increase in long-term disability claims. And in both cases, he said that they were COVID related, but of course it was immediately seized upon as like, well, it's because they're getting that vaccine, you know, it's, it's poisoning their bodies. And that became a, twi a trending Twitter thing yesterday. Uh, and the reality of it was what he really was saying was that we have deaths that we think that are underreported uh, because COVID does so much damage to your body um, for those who are long haulers, things like that. So we're seeing an outsized number of deaths related to COVID, but not of COVID or from COVID. So there, there's that story out there as well. And I think a lot of people who deal with the long COVID piece of it are like, uh, what's wrong with me? What happened? Fatigued, so. yeah. And and it does make people ask what is wrong with them. Like, um, And that's part of the shame and guilt that is so uh, magnified in our society yeah. um, where people feel shame for being ill. Like, it is, it is, it is nobody's fault if you get sick, right? right? You, right. It's, it's not a blame game or it, it, there should be no shame assigned mm -hmm. to illness. Right. 
it happens. And as um, uh, contagious as uh, COVID-19 is and has been and as deadly as it has been, there is um, no room for shaming anyone no. for being ill. All right. Uh, with this project, w what do you think you'll accomplish, and what do you hope to accomplish? I guess. I mean, that's where. where I mean, uh, there might be some real interesting surprises out of that. I'm kind of excited to see what, what happens out of it. Yeah. So, I think it's important to capture sometimes capture stories as they are happening. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to look back and and tell a story, um, or share our experiences from the way we remember. It's another thing to unpack it and to tell it while we are actually living it and while it is happening to us or through us. And so one of the things I want to accomplish is for people who have been impacted and desire to share their story is to be able to share it while we are in it. Um, no doubt we'll look back um, a decade or two or you know in history and see what has happened, but. I want us to be able to share while we're in it and also realizing that we are not going through this alone, even though um, COVID-19 has necessarily isolated us. Right. Um, we are not meant to go through this in isolation. So, uh, Centering the Sacred, by the way, is their website. And uh, let me show you guys here. There's the website. You can take a look at it. Uh, there's a lot of good things in here. There's episodes, podcast episodes. There's a blog. Um, you can you can bring uh, Natasha and uh, her husband Lorenzo um, Watson on to to speak. Uh, and if you've never heard uh, Natasha preach, um, and for people like myself who are not you know necessarily very religious, um, it's 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 a pretty awe inspiring moment. I remember the first I've said this before. The first time I I, I really paid attention in church, I think, was like listening to you speak at Christmas time uh, before the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic, those changed so much of our lives. It has. What, what is the biggest change you see? Um, I think for me, it has given me a new way to relate to people. Mm -hmm. And it has put a lot of relationships, desires, goals in perspective for me. Um, it has elevated my consciousness in a way that I didn't know my consciousness needed elevating. Right. And so now I am determined to see everyone as the human beings that we are, plus minus nothing, whether we agree or not. Um, my goal is to always start with someone's humanity and go from there. So if, if someone wants to get involved in this project, how do they, how do, they do it? How do they get involved? Yes, y'all. Okay, so you must go to Big Seed and register. Um, and tell us that you want to be a part of it. Um, one of the things that we did was we decided, so it was supposed to start last week, but hello ice. Right. <laughs> we didn't want people traveling in the ice. So we uh, postponed it and there are still spots available. So if you want to participate, just go to the Big Seed website and right. register. I've got it open for you as well. Um, we have the storytelling workshop, Curvel uh, COVID Chronicles. Um, February 5th, February 12th, February 19th. So the first one will be tomorrow. Uh, and it's a workshop. And I, I, I'm just really curious to see how this thing, how, what, what comes out of this. I mean, do you have any kind of idea, like, what, what kind of stories may, may, may develop out of this? Or 
Um, I want, so the goal for the, the people who participate is for them to be able to be very honest and tell very vulnerable stories, right. which is one of the reasons why we capped participation at 10. Um, so I know that part of storytelling is the transformation that happens while we tell our story. Um, and so I'm sure that the impacts of COVID-19, um, even though we've all heard stories, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily know how it has impacted our neighbor or just the person who sits beside us or that we might pass by on a daily. So I'm hoping that um, people will feel encouraged to just be able to tell their story in a vulnerable way. What's amazing to me is um, if, I, if I was to write something about COVID, which I do almost every day, yeah, would be that the still the repeated pushback, um, the embracing of of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> I went to the doctor the other day and I said, I haven't really been to the general practitioner for, for a couple of years. So I actually got a physical for the first time in a couple of years. And um, I said to the doctor, I'm like, look, dude, I go, I'm here because my previous doctor's group, one had uh, a doctor die from COVID who mm. wouldn't get vaccinated. And they were prescribing ivermectin. And I'm like, I'm not going to those guys, you know. Um, you know, I'm not going to those guys, right? And now, like, in, in the fog of stuff, like, like, I need to go to the dentist, right? But I'm not going to go to a dentist who's, like, going to tell me, you know, well, COVID isn't real. You know, mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to somebody who's, like, you know, vaccines are important. You know, I got the flu shot yesterday or the other day. I'm fully vaccinated. I got my, my booster. I've had zero problems from these things, folks. You know, I got the flu shot yesterday because I'm sick of it. I, you know, I got sick several times. I don't, don't want to be bothered by it. And so... Um, but the denial and the refusal to accept, yeah. you know, science is uh, is is great. Or that then the scientists will say, look, here's the deal. We, this is what we think is happening. We don't know for sure what's happening. And then the reaction out of that, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking. We can't trust you. Yeah. Um, we're just saying. Well, that that's what science is. It's um, yeah. research and investigation. Right. And as you learn new things, um new new knowledge surfaces mm -hmm. that is the purpose of right. research right. and laboratories and experiments and to do all of this stuff and you know you and you started off um as a teacher you i know. did what, you, what was your specialty what i was, still miss it um i taught students with autism oh really yeah okay. yeah i taught students with autism and then um, I did for a year, two years, I taught eighth grade English language arts, which oh was boy. very exhilarating. Yeah. <laughs> and probably exhausting, too. Oh, for sure. Teaching <laughs> is exhausting. Yeah. Teaching is exhausting. And then I did administration, um, district level administration for three years, which was another level of exhaustion. What, <laughs> Different what, type of exhaustion. What has it been like to be, though, in Kerrville, though? I mean, um, for, for you, you guys have stuck around. Uh, your husband works here, obviously, and you work here, and you've done a lot of things. Um, you know, you're, you, you've kind of, I want to say, um, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong in this assessment, but it seems, though, like, you know, you, you've, you've kind of found a, a lot of support here and some, some, some people who really enjoy um, what you bring, what you offer our community. Wh how do you feel about that? Um, 
it's been a blessing to be here. It has been difficult um, at times just to be away from my family. Like I, on my social media page, I wrote about um, having been ill and not been able to have my mom. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm 40 and I still want my mama sometimes, uh, yeah. but Don't um, we all, right? I mean, oh gosh, yeah. and yeah, either one of them like uh, my mother-in-law or my mom, they both suffice. Yeah. But that's been difficult, um but the support um in the community that I found here that has embraced me mm-hmm. and um you know, taking me in has been um, a gift, I'll say. It has been unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but also very welcoming. Right. I think that when I t- when I go home and I do talk about the community that my husband and I have found in Kerrville, it puts our families at ease a bit because they have they were concerned about us um, moving halfway across the country. And of course we didn't expect, nobody anticipated uh, COVID-19 to come, right. but we, before we were expecting to go home like four or five times a year, but that did not happen. Right. Um, so being here has been, I've matured a lot um, and it has definitely forced me, like you were saying earlier at the opening of this segment, to make decisions um, that I didn't know I needed to make. And again, um, it's raised my level of consciousness and awareness. Because you you stepped away from what was known and what was possibly secure to kind of go out on your own. Yes. In a lot of ways. And that to me is, you know, terrifying Mm -hmm. at the same time. But once you get into it, you're like, man, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy and busy. still terrified. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I hear you. And I still wonder. And some days I still think, um, let me just go fill out this application to be a teacher, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like I. Yeah, because they, they, t- they would take you in a second. <laughs> you can probably go anywhere you want, in, you know, not just in Texas, but in the United States. I mean, if you, if you work with autism, they'll probably take you right now, you know. So, yes. Right. Um, what on the ministerial side? Where are you? Where are you at uh, with that uh, that work right now? Yeah, so um, I am still a, uh, a member of the um, PCUSA right. Church, mm-hmm. um, and so um, I've been developing um, curriculum for um, some of the uh, different committees um, with that, and that's been very exciting. Mm-hmm. I still do work with Mo Ranch, and of course, that's been exciting and. Um, I was at Barnett Chapel United Methodist Church um, January 30th. I had the opportunity to preach there. That was exciting. My husband was able to be there to support me. Um, So, yeah, I'm still... I'm still ministering and I'm, I'm working on my doctoral degree um, right. in ministry as well. Um, and so that is, that keeps me very busy. When you, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this community too, is that, you know, we're talking about storytelling, we're talking about writing, we're talking about, but you have in the, in the Doyle community, you have one of the great storytellers out there in Clifton Pfeiffer. Yes. He told a story, he told a joke yesterday at the state of the city about, um, a bear and a man and you know the bear became a Christian so he prayed over the man because it, that was, <laughs> man, he was <laughs> that one he was going to be he was going to eat the man basically yeah. thank you God for this meal <laughs> um, so but 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 Clifton told in such a way that, I mean like people were like I mean he just dropped that on him you know and people yeah. were rolling when they when they when he found it when they, they when he delivered it 
What's it like to be around Clifton Pfeiffer? Um, I love him, and he he um. I learned a lot by watching mm. him um, and uh, observing how he acts in different scenarios and different situations. Right. And there are people that are allowed to say things to me that other people are not allowed to say to me. Um, he is one of those people who... Um, whose correction is welcome because of the life that he lives and the life that he has lived. Um, I appreciate him on so many different levels. Um, first of all, he, um, the way that he welcomed and embraced my husband and I um, and introduced us to so many people in the community, um, in Doyle. Um, and it is a blessing to have someone call you their own so quickly. Um, and that's what happened. Um, my, my husband one day needed a place to study uh, as he's working on his PhD, and he drove by Doyle, the Doyle Community Center, mm -hmm. and decided to go in. Right. Um, he was welcomed by Miss Shaw, and she introduced him to um, uh, Clifton and I'm it went from I, there. I, Lois didn't probably put him to work because she seems like you come over here. And oh no, she work. did. Oh, she no, she okay. put him to work. Right. <laughs> she yes, <laughs> she put she put us both to work. Um, but again, it was by invitation, and that's something that is very important to my husband and I that we don't force ourselves into any space. Mm. We never have, um, and we never will. Um, we have to be invited into a space to to do things. Um, and so we were invited, and we continue to um, receive that invitation because for us it's not just a one and done. You get invited one time, and then the invitation is eternal. Right. No, no. It happens again and again. Um, and so we appreciate that, and we, I appreciate being able to be around Clifton. Um, sometimes he, he, he corrects me, and I think it's hilarious. But. <laughs> He's something else. I mean, he is He is truly – I mean, it's funny. Like, he'll, he'll sit in here. He'll sit here on a Thursday. He comes in here and has coffee. Yeah. And uh, those people walk by, hey, coach. Hey, coach. 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 Hey. Yes. And then yeah, I was listening to him talk to somebody the other day. Well, what's your dad doing? He said, How's his blood sugar doing? And, you know, just yeah. people he knows and he, everyone knows him. He's Cody. I call <laughs> citizen of the year. Yeah, He's right. like, don't say that. That's funny. <laughs> but I do it anyway. Uh, here's a, okay. I'm going to ask you a difficult question now. Okay. All right. There is a movement afoot in Texas, uh, from hardline people, uh, who do not like books. Uh, some of these books that are, uh, in fact, NBC news compiled a list of the 50 most, uh, I guess 50 most requested banned books um in in texas mm -hmm. um they are they, they the 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 titles include when wilma rudolph played basketball and uh, a parent in dallas said this book opines prejudice based on race uh of course, Wilma Rudolph was an Olympic gold medalist. Um, she was basically um, redefined what women's sprinting looked like um, with this. And I think she was a polio survivor as well. She had some kind of early childhood illness. Um, anything written by uh, that has to do with any kind of race is on this list or mm -hmm. a sexual identity. 
Um, when you hear these things, including one by Toni Morrison, uh, when you hear that they want to take Toni Morrison out of out of the schools, uh, here's another one: a, a little a little kid's book on Michelle Obama, political icon. A Katy parent asked to have this children's biography of the former first lady banned at every grade level because the parent said it unfairly depicts President Donald Trump as a bully. And because Obama's reflection on race gave the impression that if you sound like a white girl, you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, anything by uh, Ibram uh, Kendi, ex-Kennedy, uh, gone, out, stamped, uh, how to be an anti-racist, um, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? What, why is that? Uh, what, I don't know, how do you define what's going on with that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you even have a conversation about that? I mean, obviously, it's difficult. I will, it's not. It's, it's not. It's um, complex, yeah. not difficult. Right. Um, and it's only complex because the person or the people asking for the, ban, the banning of these books um, may not understand why they are asking for this. Right. So my question and my, my call to them would be, or challenge to them, would be to figure out why you don't want the, your children to read these books. How are these books harming your children? How are they harming you? And if we can't talk about these books and these you know, factual or uh, these, this factual information or information from different points of view, because that's what writers do, they bring up different points of view, most, most oftenly their own, then what can we talk about? Yeah. And if we, are not, if we are ashamed to talk about what has happened historically, then stop creating those opportunities for that to happen in the future and in the present. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't. I. And the and, and the the list to me is shocking. You know. It's 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 um, again, it's not really shocking. Be, be, and I say that, um, Lewis, because this is not new. Right. Right. It is. It's not new for a group of people to ask for. Um, something that they don't agree with to stop. Right, right. It, you, um, these are... It just keeps coming up and up and up. I mean, it's correct. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, recur- it reoccurs. It, 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 like every year, every uh, so often, people will say, get, this, get these books out of here. We don't want our children. It teaches them hatred. Books don't teach hatred. Yeah. Uh, living life teaches hatred. Right. Conversations at the dinner table teaches hatred. Um, so... Books don't do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, it, it, it gets down to the point, like, you don't want your kid to read it. Say, don't read it. And ignore it, you know. Uh, and why would, what, what, is, what is the point of that, you know. And we, we've gotten That's the, the deeper question. Yeah, what is the point? What is the point? When you're saying that a book by Walter Mosley has to be removed from the schools. And if you don't know who Walter Mosley is, he's one of the best writers, you know, ever in America. He's one of the best. Not, he wrote, he wrote uh uh, uh, the you know the uh, Easy Rollins series, uh, Socrates Fortlow series. Um, he's written some science fiction, but he has a book called Forty Seven, which is about a, a, a young slave boy and his his escape from slavery. Uh, and but so like we can't have we're going to have Juneteenth in Texas, but they're going to we're not going to have we won't be able to discuss the reason why Juneteenth is a thing. Are we at that point now in the conversation? You think? 
Um, for some people, we are. Um, for those who are are willing to really engage in in the work of conversation and dialogue, right. it's not um, it's not a right or or wrong though. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is nuanced and it is complex. And in order to be able to have these conversations, the people people have to come to the table, so to speak, with a willingness to understand or a desire to learn, engage, and listen in a, in a deep way. Right. And, it can't, and it can't be in a, I'm gonna prove you wrong, mm-hmm. or I'm right kind of way, um, or everything you say is wrong and everything I say is right. It has to be in a, in a way that actually builds a, upon something. Um, and not not seeks to silence right. because that's what this is about. It's um, if you look at the books as you've named quite a few, there's a pattern, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There there are some there are some books though that um, we could we could say I you know I could go and say well I don't want my child to read this book or the the thing is you. Parents have a choice as right. to whether they want their children to read these books or not. But you, that doesn't mean that you tell every parent that their child doesn't read these I books. I tell you what drives me crazy when I go to Barnes & Noble these days. and Every book in the current events and the history section is written by either a Fox News person or an MSNBC oh. News person. And I think to myself, how the hell do you have so much time on your hands between hosting your show and to write a book? Like I, I'm, I don't have time to even write local news half the time. You guys are not writing books. Oh, well, they're not really real. They're fake. Yeah, because yeah. there's somebody writing the book for you. Yeah, uh, ghostwriters. Yeah. There's, there's always a ghostwriter. But <laughs> yeah. we'll, put, we'll, put, we'll put Brian Kilmeade's name on it. Uh, you know, and I, I've gotten some, I have some of those books, you know. That and, and TV, pe- TV news people who do mm-hmm. TikTok dances also drive me crazy, too. That's another story altogether. Uh, all right. Trey Collis is here. Uh, do you have a, do you have a, do you have a pick in the Super Bowl? Are you gonna you, you have, are you gonna watch Super Bowl on um, on Sunday, Natasha? You gonna you gonna you, you have a team you like? <laughs> no, but um, I will watch Super Bowl if my husband is watching Super Bowl. That w- that's been my. Will, will he do it? Will he, is he gonna watch the Super Bowl? He watches football, so he very well may watch the Super Bowl. It, <laughs> I think it just depends on how much work he has to do right and so i don't know we don't know yet <laughs> he's busy with he's busy with uh with with with, with school and work he and is stuff. he's phding yeah yeah uh, phding that's a lot it is what's it the is. phd gonna be in uh higher ed administration okay yeah right. he's um focusing in on he likes policy analysis right. um so he's looking at policies and yeah, that's where the hard work is, getting uh, people to do policy work. Lorenz is, is a great guy to talk to as well. Uh, let's stay with us just for a minute. We're almost at the end of the show sure. here, but we got uh, Trey here now with us. Uh, hey, Trey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How are you, Trey? I'm fantastic. I'm glad it's warming up. Yeah. I'm just in time to cool down again. Yeah, just <laughs> last week, I'm sick of the cold already. Too. I'm, done, I'm done with it as well. The, the winter storm was, uh, part two, was fortunately not as horrible, but it was still treacherous as well. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Super Bowl 56 coming up here. Uh, I was pointing out the fact that um, uh, Texas has 16 high school players or 16 guys who went to high school here. What's interesting about this is that more than half of them didn't go to college in Texas. They went somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so it shows you that keeping our local talent uh, in, uh, in Texas is, is, is challenging. But what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? 
What do you think is going to happen? What, what, what do you think? We have the Rams and we have the Bengals. The Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now. But as I've been telling people all week, uh, don't sit on Joe Burrow from the, from the Bengals. He's pretty good. Yeah, and we saw that when he was in LSU when he won the national championship his senior year with Jamar Chase, his rookie wide receiver. Right. Um, they won national championship two years ago at LSU. Joe Burrow is a, a stud. Yeah. Uh, that guy got sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, got up and still won the game. All right. You never see that. Uh, they couldn't stop him. They couldn't, I mean, yeah. they, 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 his offensive line could not stop Cincinnati or stop Tennessee, who was mm-hmm. the number one seed. And somehow he found a way to win. Hey. And, and same thing against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, he only got sacked once against the Chiefs, but they applied pressure. But uh, I'm anxious to see how the Bengals' offensive line, their weakness, is going to hold up against that Rams front four. Right. Because – you have a, a Hall of Famer in Von Miller who's already been a Super Bowl MVP over the Denver Broncos. Right. You have uh, Aaron Donald who's a defensive player of the year in two of the last three years. You have Floyd. You ha- and then you have Jalen Ramsey, the best cornerback in the league. So I'm anxious to see how Joe Burrow is going to manage to get the ball out in time yeah. to find his stud maker, uh, stud-making wide receivers in Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And so. Meanwhile, the Rams uh, have somehow resurrected the career of, of – of Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. uh, who's truly one of the more remarkable athletes in the NFL. Uh, but Matthew Stafford uh, finally gets a chance to, uh, to do something uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, by the way, if he wins, he will become one of four Texas, uh, Texas born and raised quarterbacks mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. Uh, joining, We had this as a trivia question. He'll be joining Mahomes. Drew Brees and Nick Foles. And Foles and uh, <laughs> Brees went to the same high school. Yeah. Um, so kind of an amazing amazing run there for Austin mm-hmm. Westlake High School. Uh, what is your sense on the Rams and Stafford? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of tough because Matthew Stafford is with the, one of the worst uh, run for uh, franchises in the forever. Yeah. We've never won with a playoff game. Right. Uh, so I really don't – he's he played lights out uh, this playoff season, and he's been – an upgrade over the previous quarterback in Jared Goff, who actually went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago against New England Patriots right. in that dreaded Super Bowl 13 to three. But Stafford, I think, is the guy. But the Rams are all in right now. They they got like you said, Odell Beckham Jr. via uh, in the free make uh, agency market. Then they went on got Von Miller via trade. They, I mean, they gained all these players. They don't have a first round draft pick for years to come. They they don't care. They they want to win now, right. and so all the pressure's on them. But Matthew Stafford, Highland Park graduate from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he also went to school with uh, Clayton Kershaw. Yes, so he was <laughs> he was Clayton Kershaw's center apparently. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing to, or no, uh, Kershaw was the center for for Stafford, yes. and and then Stafford played like shortstop on the baseball team. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, so good. For, so Matthew Stafford, I mean, if he doesn't turn the ball over, and that's what the Bengals the Bengals are the best turnover team in the playoffs this year, and that's the way they're beating you is because their offensive line is horrible, and that's the main reason why the Bengals won against the Tennessee Titans is because they forced uh, Ryan Tannehill to throw three interceptions. But the uh, the Rams are a favorite, but if you're a betting man, I would go right now and go bet on the Bengals. I would too, just because that line <laughs> it was four yesterday. I think now you said it's three. Yeah. So yesterday was probably the day to bet, but I would take that bet line all day long. I mean, these playoffs have just been remarkable. The, uh, every game uh, since the divisional round has been on the last possession. Whoever had the ball, the last possession is going to win the it game. It really has been. I mean, I, I thought the season was great already. You mm-hmm. know, because like I said, I have no idea who is going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not see the Bengals coming through. Um, the Rams, I kind of thought, well, yeah, they might have a shot. But, you know, then Aaron Rodgers is playing great, you know, with, with, with Green Bay. 
Well, then Green Bay lays an egg, you know, against the 49ers. And, you know, and then the 49ers kind of – I mean, they kind of got – they kind of got handled, you know, yesterday or last two weeks ago against the Rams. But, I mean, every game was was thrilling. I mean, yes. every single time, you know. The the Bills uh, – the Bills-Chiefs game is one of the greatest games I've ever seen, you know. I mean, oh, that was a remarkable game. Uh, even my wife, who does not watch football either, does not care for it. She does. She likes the Super Bowl because the game – it's the it's end of the a, season. It's an event. Right. <laughs> it's, it's an, an event. event. It's the end of the season. Now I get to spend time with my family. Right. Yes. But, uh, no, uh, uh, the, these playoffs have been just so – and that's what I love about the NFL, and a lot of people don't because of political reason with that, which I think is stupid anyway. Yeah. But um, I just think uh, it's just so much parity in the NBA – or NFL. Right. Where the NBA, you basically know who at the beginning of the year who's going to be in the finals and stuff. NFL, you like the Bengals, who won four games last year, two games a year before – Joe Burrow tore his ACL last year, and now he's comeback player of the year, and now he led his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, if you'll be lying if you find someone outside of Cincinnati who told you the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. There is no one who's going to tell you that. It's interesting too, like when you look at the, the NFL too right now, and you you say to yourself, "Well, Tom Brady you know, was retiring, and Aaron Rodgers is kind of a tool," and you know. <laughs> but at the same time, though, you also have these guys like you know Josh Allen of the, of the oh, Buffalo yes. Bills, who's remarkable. Oh, Patrick man. Mahomes is ridiculous. Uh, Burrow is is there as well. Uh, the the Justin Herbert from from uh, San Diego, or I'm sorry, the the Chargers, Los, the Los Angeles. Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Stupid. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just it's just a remarkable time again. It's like uh, we're we're here through another spectacular time of football. It's just crazy. So, uh, Trey, you got a. Uh, well, actually, one other little point I want to make, too. Apparently, so this is kind of funny. I saw this yesterday repeatedly. There's there's, there's several Twitter memes and handles out there where people are like, I'm from Texas. I have freedom. And they're like, do you have freedom to bet on the football game? No, you don't. <laughs> so apparently, I saw this on t in Louisiana media yesterday. There's just Texans pouring into, mm -hmm. into uh, Louisiana because they can now do sports yep. betting. <laughs> the apps are so like here's the deal right you're gonna go to louisiana to go bet on a game you're gonna go to colorado to get your dope and so <laughs> which are two things you're not free to do here in 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 texas um so this these are things that um that are, that are a big deal and I, a friend of mine i said he runs uh he does, runs a gaming site in uh in new orleans uh, as part of the times picayune and it's like, well, so what's going on, man? How many Texans are coming? He's like, oh, that's a great question. Well, then I saw TV was like, and Shreveport was like, that's out of control. So yes, Texas license plays everywhere at the sports books. Um, you got your own show though now, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, um, uh, I work for, I do part time work over at Jam Broadcasting, and I just hit up uh, Justin McClure, who's a great owner, by the way, of Jam. Yeah. He's a great community leader. If you want anything done, go to him. I mean, the guy's amazing. Um, I asked him, hey, I just want to build my resume up. I do, I've done local sports shows in uh, San Antonio for uh, 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I help uh, do a podcast and everything, and I help uh, Coach Keller with his Saturday morning shows. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's all good. Like, Hill Country, high school, everyone likes high school. Yeah. But Kerrville's starting to come more younger generation mm -hmm. now, too. Like, yeah. a lot of people are staying here. A lot of people, there's a lot of uh, younger people than I were when I came here 12 years ago. And I was like, a lot of people want to talk college football, college basketball, uh, and some professional sports. So I was right. like, could I just have my own show? He goes, yeah. So I'll give you one hour on Saturday, see how it goes and everything like that. So 
Yeah, it starts tomorrow, day before the Super Bowl. Tomorrow it's all Super Bowl talk. I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> and, what, and what station is going to be on? It's on a uh, 103.7 The Buck. The Buck, right? So, so you get an hour of, of sports talk, which is great. Uh, are you going to mix in some local stuff too, or what are you going to? What, what are you? Gonna I'm focus? actually uh, you, uh, Shriner. Shriner. I'm. Uh, I feel like Shriner is not getting the enough love that they need to. In uh, I feel like they're part of the community. And right. if you haven't gone, mm-hmm. I've seen you there plenty of times at men's and basketball games. These guys are heart and soul. Uh, I mean, of Shriner University. Mm-hmm. They're playing remarkably well. The, yeah. the ladies lost to Trinity University, which is number twenty ranked team in the state. But the men are, I think, won. 10 of the last 11 games yeah. they're they're one game out of the first place and they're not i just feel like they're not getting the love in kerrville that they should and they're part of our community yeah. they're, they, these kids come here and some of them stay here after college mm-hmm. and i feel like they just need the love and i'm hoping to bring some light into that for the texas hill country as well yeah the men have won four consecutive games uh a, a big win against austin on on that was a good last game Saturday. that was a heck of yeah. a where uh, Jalen Ned, uh, with about a minute, a second and a half uh, mm-hmm. in the game, hit a hit a hit a jumper or hit hit a layup. It was funny because you we, you know when I always played basketball, we always thought, don't give a baseline, don't give a baseline. And that's exactly and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Like the guy like bit on his fake. It's like he's going baseline, yes. slide down, and he was like, he's traveling. No, he didn't travel, he didn't travel. dude. He didn't travel. He got it through the 72, 71 victory for uh, Schreiner. They play at Dallas yes. and at Trinity. Uh, they had three games left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, one the, home game left. One home game left. Uh, they play at Trinity on Tuesday night on the 15th, and then they play at Dallas today or tomorrow at 4 mm-hmm. o'clock. Uh, they are still in the hunt for a regular season championship, um, but uh, they're gonna, they need some help. And they need to get, get a couple wins in. Uh, the women um, play um, – you mentioned they lost to uh, Trinity on, on Tuesday night. Oh, my gosh. Trinity scored 122 points against That them. game was fast. I watched it online. That yeah. game was fast-paced. They both pressed. They both – I mean, you, you cannot turn the ball over against Trinity. They'll make you pay. Uh, I think Shriner had 15 turnovers in the first quarter alone. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, they play at Dallas uh, tomorrow, and then they play Trinity at home mm-hmm. on uh, it's a little home-and-away action, uh, which is – you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, one of the things uh, – talk about equity – the, they're playing doubleheaders, so the men play first and the women play yes. second. The problem that I've been noticing is that because of that schedule, the people leave exactly. for the women's game. And the women's game is, at times, they play a wholly different style of basketball. And yes. Press, 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 yes. press, press. 122 points, though. Holy smokes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And tr- I mean, Schreiner uh, scored 75 points, yeah. and, they, and they turned That's the like ball over a gazillion times. But Stacy Stevens is a good hire for Schreiner. Yeah. Ex, uh, Texas uh, uh, standout, an Olympian for Texas Longhorn, uh, second leading rebound, and uh, and a uh, you know Final Four yes you know, participant. Yeah, she brought me in her office and showed me all her charges. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool! I thought I was in heaven, but anyway, uh, she's doing a remarkable job. And if you're gonna play for her, you got to be in shape. Yeah, she. she I, I seen it. I've been to the first game and I've been to this last game uh, and games in between. But they, the improvement that these women have done, and it's a young team too, uh, led by Miles Bugs, Naira. Uh, Demorio uh, uh, Miles, right? Yeah, uh, yep, right. I uh, mean, they're going to lose Ibarra this year and uh, J- Jocelyn Hernandez, but the young talent that she's brought in is trying to she win. She didn't even bring it in because it was the previous yeah. coach that brought it in. Exactly. Yeah, she, so she kind of just took what she was dealing with yeah, exactly. here as well. So the young talent for Shriner um, is amazing right What's now. amazing, though, is this number is that Shriner shot 42% mm-hmm. from the field, mm. probably a season high for three pointers, seven of 24. But sh- this is cr- these, here's the line for uh, Trinity. 
They shot 66% for the game and 60% from three-point range. They were hot from three-point range. I mean, 14 to 23 is ridiculous. So, I don't know. I love sports. Uh, <laughs> I do, too. I know. My wife's like, why do you like sports so much? I go, because when I was down in my life, that was the only thing that brought me joy and brought me, like, yeah. I can just get away from politics. I can get away from everything right. and just watch yeah. and then be in my own little world for three hours. Um, today at 4 o'clock, by the way, the uh, Shriner women will play Whitworth uh, in a, a doubleheader yes. uh, in softball. Uh, and um, did, did, I, did you guys hear my story about the softball game last week? Okay, this is a true story. I'm, make, I'm not making it up, Natasha. <laughs> this is an absolutely true story. Okay. Um, so there was a foul ball play, and all of a sudden, you're like, there was a commotion in front of the, the uh, Harden Simmons bench, the dugout. And a bird had fallen out of the sky, right, and just mm-hmm. dropped dead. And it was a pretty good-sized pigeon, basically. And we're like, what in the hell? Did, did, I'm like, this lady and I, I was taking pictures, so... I couldn't see exactly what was happening. All I could hear was the bird thud down, and then people were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the next thing you know, like, I'm looking around like, did the ball hit that bird? Because the ball went back behind us. And she's like, and then a guy goes, no, 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 no. It was two birds, and it was a, it was a hawk had killed this bird in midair above the field wow. and dropped it <laughs> in front of, of, of the Hardin Simmons. Wow. But I have never seen that in my career. <laughs> wow. You know, and I was like, I was like, wow, well, that would have been a great picture to get that. And yes. I, I was totally out of position to get it. So uh, I bet you there's a probably video of it somewhere. But uh, the softball team, I think, is going to be pretty good. They are picked to finish fourth in the uh, Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference. Yes. Um, they have a lot of talent coming back uh, this year, they too. They bring back almost everybody from last year. And they the had pitchers. a great team last year. They were a runaway from going to the, the conference championship yeah. game last year. Uh, but they have a new head coach this year, so it's going to take a little time to adjust. Right. Uh, her name is <laughs> Melissa. I got it right here. I talked to her. Um, you think I would know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Hansen is her name. Yes. Uh, and she's she was a uh, high school coach uh, from the Houston area. And came out to Shriner. Um, somehow found a place to live. She said that was very challenging. I bet. And then, uh, <laughs> but she won two state titles uh, mm-hmm. at the schools that she uh, she co- coached at. So, I think she's a pretty good hire. Um, I love the coaching staff they have there now. Oh, me too. Um, I love Marwan El Rakawabi. Mm. I can Rock. actually spell his uh, last name now on a regular basis. So. I can't even pronounce it. I say Rock. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Egyptian. Um, and what's funny is that. Uh, we were talking one day because he has these two boys mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, your boys are something else. And, uh, anyway, so, and he, but then he had, they had a daughter during the pandemic. Yeah. So he's got, he's got three kids with him at all times. He's just a great guy and he's a lawyer. So, you know, it's interesting. He and Stacey Stevens were at Texas at the same time, Yes. you know, and now they're coaching together. Okay. Uh, give us your pick. Who do you think? Who's going to be the winner? Oh man. Uh, I, I just am praying for a good game because uh, last year I thought last year's game uh, Super Bowl was going to be the best because pa- Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, but it was a dud. Yeah. Uh, I think this <laughs> one has all the makings of a good game. The Rams really don't blow you out. That, that front four scares me for the Rams. Uh, I like Cooper Cup, but, man, I'm picking the Rams to win on a uh, last-second field goal. All right, Natasha, you got to pick? You got to pick? Come on, Natasha, you got to pick on this one. Rams <laughs> or Bengals? Bengals. All right. All right. I like that. They haven't never won a Super Bowl. Uh, they've never won a Super Bowl. 
The Rams, the Rams have won a Super Bowl, but I put an asterisk by that. That's the name of St. Louis, you know. The greatest not, show on turf. The greatest show on turf. And then they didn't, they didn't win the next. The, then the Patriots got him the next time. <laughs> and Tom Brady happened. And then Tom Brady <laughs> happened. Okay, I'm gonna say, gosh, I'm a Rams. I grew up a Rams fan, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Bengals in an upset. I, I like it. You know, I'm thinking Bengals in an upset. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cheer. I'm gonna cheer for the Rams. See, I'm like you though. I just like to have good games. Yeah, I, do. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. <laughs> unless you, unless yeah. your team is in it, yeah. you don't care. You just want a good, this is what you want. You want right. good commercials, right? Good food, a good game at the last, like for, interesting in the fourth quarter, and a good halftime yeah, show. Yeah, a good halftime show. <laughs> and the halftime show is going to be ridiculous. It's Dr. Dre, Eminem, yeah. uh, Mary J. Bly. Is Snoop Dogg in it too? Snoop Dogg's in it? it. Oh my gosh, it's going to be ridiculous. They're going to have to bleep out half of what Eminem says. Uh, do you, you, all, all you're going to hear is a beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Right. What's he saying? Yeah, and it, and it'll be at the new SoFi Stadium uh, in Los Angeles, in which is uh, actually, if you look at it, it's like, oh, well, this is just like Arlington, because uh, Jerry Jones had a had a hand in helping that uh, stadium get designed, uh, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys owner. Hmm. So there are a lot of familiar uh, pieces of it as well. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Any final thoughts, uh, Natasha, on the day? Um, be open and be willing to have conversations Amen. with people. Yeah. Amen. Right. And uh, Trey, how about you? Anything, uh, anything closing? Uh, man, just don't drink and drive this Sunday night. Just stay at home. Don't, don't do anything stupid to don't. Uh, for a three-hour <laughs> game. Just, just enjoy your time with family, friends, stuff like that. And I, I second what she says. If you want a conversation, you have to be open-minded and, and welcome that conversation. Don't bicker. Like we used to have back in the 90s and 80s. Right. Like just have a conversation. You can disagree. But just have that conversation and see where the other side's coming from. Don't, and that's what we need in this uh, world right now. Don't be ridiculous. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us here on The Lead. Uh, as I said, Monday, Robert Earl Keane will be here. Uh, and Natalie Pepit will be here as well. And we talk about Valentine's Day. Oh, gosh. And we're talking about <laughs> storytelling. Because Robert Earl Keane is a master storyteller as well. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about Natasha's project as we move forward with hers on, on her COVID chronicle storytelling project <laughs> through Big Seed. And with that, we are out. Have a great rest of your uh, day and have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us.